1: They now appear to be acting and operating like a professional football team, right? Like, and I think we've used this analogy in the past. It was like there were no teachers in the classroom. The kids were running the the class, right? And that's kind of how it was before. Now the adults have stepped in. More on that topic coming up later. But first of all, welcome in to season number three of the Bears Wire podcast. It's amazing to be back on the mic with the great Alyssa Barbieri of USA Today's Bears Wire Alyssa, how are you? Are you still coming down for that Big Bears W on Sunday?
2: I am, Ryan. I mean, this is a team that many people thought would win, what, three games. And um, to kind of come in here and defeat a team like the 49ers, who, you know, are, many have pegged as Super Bowl contenders, and to do it, it has like a monsoon raining down on Soldier Field, Soldier Field. It was really fun. And so, you know, I think this is when the Bears fans are going to soak in. And I think it's kind of good motivation heading into what's. It's going to be a very difficult matchup against the Packers
1: on Sunday night. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that game. Of course, we'll get to that game. You know, the game that should not be mentioned. Bears-Packers. Of course, on Sunday <laughs> night. Where else would it be? It's got to be on primetime. It of always course. is. It always is.
2: Uh, they love to embarrass the Bears on
1: national TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, it's been too long. We're going to be back weekly now with new episodes dropping each Thursday. So, if you're with us and you're ready to ride this Matt Eberflus-Ryan Poles train, hop on board. Subscribe and join us each week. And I want to start, Alyssa, with just what you learn about your football team in week one. Simple question, but they played in a freaking monsoon. The rain was pouring down. I was I was worried, uh, as you know, pregame because Fields had two gloves on and I always get worried when the quarterback has two gloves. Uh, But I thought he played a pretty good game eventually. And we'll get to that. But just what you learn about your team in week one?
2: Yeah, definitely the start when they were squeegeeing water off the field. I was like, oh, no, this is going to be brutal. This is Because kind of, it kind of looked like a game that was set up for the 49ers to win because that's the kind of football they play, you know, with that that tough defense that really got the best of the Bears' offense in the first half. But, you know, the, my immediate takeaway from this win is that the Bears won this game because of the hits principle that Matt Eberflus is introduced. I know that a lot of people, you know, we, we made fun of it in the beginning because it's like, oh, look at this cute little coaching acronym. You know, Matt Eberflus is a coachy coach. But it really was the reason why they won. Hustle, intensity, takeaways, playing smart football. You know, they played that smart disciplined football. They played until the final whistle. They really took advantage of the mistakes by the 49ers. And they actually wore them down. This is a team that has been conditioned to be able to outlast their opponents. That's why Iberhus really rode them so hard during training camps and the off-season program so that they could get to this point where they're wearing the competition down. And they're taking advantage of their mistakes, right? The Bears won the turnover battle. You know, they had way less penalties. I think San Francisco had, what, like 12 for almost 100 yards. And the Bears had just three for 24, which, you know, looking at the previous coaching regime, that was a huge thing, right? Those penalties and how they would shoot themselves in the foot. You didn't see that in this game, which was a sloppy mess, which made it even more impressive. So, you know, it also really showed me that you could see that the players have already bought into Eberflus's philosophy. You know, you can see it on the field how they struggled in the first half, but, you know, they still had the effort. They never stopped fighting till the final whistle. And they really wore the Niners down and were able to come out with that win. And I think that this performance, you know, in the rain even, you kind of caught a glimpse of what you can expect with this team moving forward under Eberflus. You know, they're going to be a competitive team. They're going to stay in games with, you know, against teams that they probably have no business of beating. That's what I really hope to see, like, next Sunday night against the Packers is, you know, even if they do ultimately best the Bears, which I'm always going to feel like that until Chicago finally beats them. I think they've lost 17 of the last, like, 19 or something like that. So until they beat them, I'm not going to, you know, really think the Bears have a shot. But maybe they really keep it close, which is something different than what we've seen from the Matt Nagy era, where they really were getting blown out and embarrassed. So if they play that sound football, smart football, you know, I think that this team is going to hang around and really pull off some wins where people don't necessarily expect
1: that. Yeah. And I, I love how you keep going back to the previous regime. I feel like that's something that we're going to do often, Alyssa. I don't know why. Yeah. I just feel like that's something that we're going to do. It's something we we like to go back to that. Well, right. And I think this is what <laughs> yeah. I learned about the bears. They now appear to be acting and operating like a professional football team, right? Like, and I think we've used this analogy in the past. It was like, there were no teachers in the classroom. The kids were running the, the class, right? And that's kind of how it was before. And now the adults have stepped in. And I thought this little clip from post postgame presser kind of illustrates that. You know, and then lastly is that win or lose, you always learn from performance. There's only one way to get better is by learning fl- whatever it is. Win, lose, or draw, you learn from performance. So get with your coach, right? You guys get together, and then let's get better because you have to get – better every single week you know we got a lot of young players on our squad that they need to take what they've learned from this game okay and get better good better and different now doesn't that sound like he's talking from a high school locker room Alyssa? it really does like it, it just does it's, it feels like that analogy it sounds like he's talking to kids in a locker room and after the last couple years maybe that's what the bears need the most right so i, I kind of like that the adults have entered the room I, I saw online, I think ESPN reported that there were halftime adjustments, that they, that yeah. the, the Bears went over things at halftime and made adjustments. And I think the only mistake Iberflus really made was that he let his special teams guy bring a towel on the field to wipe off the field, right? That was the one mistake he made. But other than that, <laughs> I thought the team looked and played pretty good. And that's encouraging. That's encouraging. It's a professional football team now, right? That's what we're going to hope with Ryan Poles and Matt Iberflus that that's the case
2: yeah and like the towel thing i had no idea about that rule that was nuts i'm was sitting hilarious. there and i'm like wait what happened i'm like wait, wait what what unfortunately kind of, wait, what, what What did he do i'm like you're not allowed to have a towel up there i thought it was one of you know the player towel so it was like a beach towel apparently i'm like you think that's gonna do anything against that field where there's like two inches of water but i mean i get it that, that was like the one big mistake but yeah like you said the half time adjustments that's what won them the game because they looked dead in the water in the first half on offense. You know, the defense held in there. Holding the 49ers to seven points in the first half was pretty impressive for that defense. And to see them make halftime adjustments was just something that Matt Nagy could never fathom. Like, that was the, one of the biggest criticisms with him is that they just never could adjust. And you saw what that looked like and how that led to them just, like, completely flipping the script in the second half and really wearing the team down again, right? You have that, you know, playing that smart, the football, which, I mean, I, the hits principle is something that we're going to talk about too all year. It just works. Like, you know, people can make fun of it, but it works and it helped them win this game. And I love it. We have adults in the room. Oh, Ryan. Adults it, like, in the
1: room. That's it.
2: I, I can't remember the last time, like, that we, you know, had like a good, co- like, I know it's one game, you know, right. and it was, <laughs> Mother nature certainly helped out, but you know, Matt Evers has really got off to a strong start. It just feels like he's a head coach. Right. Yeah. And that's something that we bear fans haven't had in a while.
1: Now he's goofy. He is goofy. Um And, and <laughs> I do, I did enjoy the post game presser cause he is, he is an interesting guy. And a lot of these new coaches this year are Mike McDaniel in Miami. He's a funny, yeah. interesting guy. If you were, if you get a chance to catch one of his pressers, nathaniel hackett if you didn't hear his post game after taking the ball out of russell wilson's hand and kicking a 64 yard field goal to try to win the game last night or i'm sorry monday night uh you should go listen to that because nathaniel hackett is uh uh just a wild he's a wild card at the at the podium it's ryan did,
2: did that not remind you of matt Nagy?
1: <laughs> seriously <laughs> like, like, like talk about five, over right? hey the, the kicker said we got to get to the 46 as long as we get to the 46 we're kicking it <laughs> Oh God, it was so good. But I did get, so. I'm not going to make fun of Eberflus over the hits thing because you're right. I mean, you can't you can't knock something that's working. So if it's working for the Bears, I like it. But I am going to give him a little bit of crap, Alyssa, for how he opened his press conference. This is how Matt Eberflus opened his press conference. I would like to start off by uh, thanking the players, uh, number one, for their hard work this week. I didn't quite get that, Matt. Did you say? Did you say you thanked the players for their hard work <laughs> playing football? I would like to start off by uh, thanking the players. So that one did make me laugh out loud. The first thing out of his mouth when he gets it up, I'm, I can't wait to hear what he's going to say. Dramatic win. You know, the Bears were feeling it. They're with the crowd. The, the rain was really pouring down at the end there, which was you know, great. Mother Nature opening it up on the 49ers when they were trying to come back. Not happening, right? It just really opened up. What a scene that was. Some great photos, I'm sure. Uh, and I'm, I can't wait to hear what Eberfluss is going to say. And, and the first thing he says is, I, you know, I'd like to really thank my players for their hard work today. Uh, I thought that was excellent excellent he's an interesting guy at the podium
2: yeah he is and i mean i think that really speaks to you know him as a person too and as a coach is that yes you know he did i know it sounded silly and thanking the players but you know everything that he's kind of put them through i kind of felt like he was talking to them in that respect where everything that they've been put through since the spring and training camp and preseason and it, it was brutal like there was some of these practices where the players are like, I have never had a rough that rough of a practice. There are people laying down in the locker room. They <laughs> like it was insane. So maybe you know, I feel like that was him kind of really just kind of showing respect to the players for, hey, look, look at what everything that I put you through during the off season, during the summer. Look at it play out, right? It's it, it, it's paying off, and it's gonna, I, it's definitely gonna help them win more games than people are you know are really giving them credit for.
1: Let's get to Justin Fields. We'll do that coming up next. But first, our friends from Huddle.com are going to give us fantasy starters for week two. So enjoy the free advice for your lineups. And then we'll be right back. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. interesting.
0: I'm Corey Benigni of Huddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number two. Indianapolis Colts quarterback Matt Ryan at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Starting an Indianapolis quarterback on the road at Jacksonville isn't as comfortable as it may seem. Colts haven't won there since 2014, and something always seems to go wrong. Ryan was a viable streamer in week one, throwing for 352 yards and a touchdown on 50 pass attempts. The stat line could have looked much better if two passes weren't dropped in the end zone. While there is some risk associated in starting Ryan, Jacksonville did give up 313 yards and four touchdowns to Carson Wentz last week. Tony Pollard, running back Dallas Cowboys versus the Cincinnati Bengals. This matchup profiles better for Pollard than it does Ezekiel Elliott if the Bengals can force Dallas into a pass-happy script with Cooper Rush under center. Dallas's offensive line is a mess right now too, which bodes well for getting Pollard out into space. He is a fairly risky play in most settings since it's more likely than not Cincinnati will play tight around the line of scrimmage. Expect plenty of check down work coming from Cooper Rush's right hand. Wide receiver Julio Jones, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at New Orleans Saints. Likely to be without Chris Godwin, Tampa might have to put the ball in the air more than usual against a Saints defense that is tough to run against. Wide receiver Mike Evans has not enjoyed tremendous success through the years, especially against Marshawn Lattimore when he faces the Saints. That could redirect Tom Brady's attention to his peripheral outlets, such as Julio Jones. Jones looked every bit the part of his former self in Week 1 after two years of injuries derailed his career and had many people wondering if there's anything left in the tank. While we don't expect a huge day from him, there's upside for around 15 PPR points. Los Angeles Chargers tight end Gerald Everett at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chargers will be without Keenan Allen on Thursday night, and Everett came through as a nice streaming play in Week 1, finishing as tight end number 4 in PPR format. Expect a high-scoring game from two talented offenses, and Justin Herbert will put the ball in the air and he seems to have plenty of confidence in Everett. For more award-winning fantasy tips, news, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. Four seven zero zero in Colorado.
1: So on the topic, Alyssa of Justin Fields, I've pushed back at times, as you know, uh, for people saying, you know, maybe making excuses for Justin, right? Hey, it's not Justin's fault; his stats were horrible. Uh, you know, look, hey, look what he's dealing with. Look at this coat. Look at his play caller. You know, it's not his fault that he got sacked nine times. And you know, maybe some of that's valid, but I've pushed back on it a little bit. I mean, at some point, it is your fault for playing poorly. But people that are saying Justin Fields played poorly in this game, even after the comeback are are completely missing missing it, you know, in my opinion, right? I think you got to toss the stats out in this game. He was money late in the third quarter. They were down ten, nothing in horrible weather, right? And he tossed a couple of dimes to bring them back in the game. I'm encouraged by what I saw from justin fields. how How do you feel about his performance?
2: Yeah, and that, that first half really had me worried. I was like, oh man, see, everyone was right. There were the receivers, the offensive line but... You know, I had to put it into perspective that they were facing a dominant, potentially really special 49ers defense. Like, that group is just, um, they're monsters. Like, they're going to be, that's why they are going to be Super Bowl contenders this year. So, you know, we had to kind of remember that. And then the halftime adjustments came, and Justin Fields, you know, he could have just kind of lied down or just kind of, like, really sulked in, you know, what happened in the first half. And after being down 10 nothing, just like you said, started swinging it. You saw that composure, which is something that Byron Pringle really talked about. And he actually compared Fields to Patrick Mahomes in that regard and how he knows that, hey, it's not just one half of football we're playing. There are four quarters of this thing. And that game was so manageable, two-possession game. Even though, yes, the weather conditions were just atrocious, this is the reason why you trade up and you draft someone like Justin Fields. The plays that he was able to make, the improvisation – that that 51-yard touchdown to Dante Pettis where that pocket collapsed immediately and he's rolling out there and just kind of throwing a dime to Pettis. Impressive. You know, he had a nice throw to Pringle as well in the ensuing drive and then that touchdown to Equinania-St. Brown. I mean, Fields just completely erased that first half, And it's something where a lot of the times you'll hear people, when they want to criticize players, it's about context, Right. Obviously, the first half was brutal. He only completed what he went three of nine for 19 yards and a pick. He didn't even throw a, I think, a a pass to or complete a pass, I'm sorry, to a receiver or a tight end for like the first time. And I can't remember how long they showed the stat on the television. I was like, oh, my Lord, this is going to be bad. It kind of reminded you. It it kind of felt like, oh, my gosh, are we back in the Matt Nagy era? I thought this was supposed to get better. And then you saw Luke Getty making those halftime adjustments to really turn it around. And Justin Fields was a huge reason. He is a special talent, and it kind of really makes you excited for what happens when the Bears really put it all together, when they have those receivers, they have the supporting cast, they get the offensive line figured out. The run game, you know, really struggled against the really talented uh, 49ers season. But, like, when they really get the pieces around Fields, field, which we have talked about, Ryan, is going to be next year. They have over $100 million in cap space currently for next year. He can be really special, and that's something the Bears fans should be really excited
1: about. When he made that play to Pringle to get them on the board and make it 10-7, right? That was the extra point we made, right? That it was 10-7 after that one. Um, You know, Fields made that play, and I'm like, okay. We've seen that before, though. We've seen him make freak athletic plays out of nothing and out of nowhere, right? We've seen him run around and make just amazing plays. We're jaw-dropping where we're like, wow. But I need to see him stand in the pocket, be on time, hit receivers, run the offense, right? That's what I need to see to be excited. And that's why I thought the next drive, as you mentioned there, the one that started with that just gorgeous throw to uh, Pringle, you know, the third downs on that, what I noticed especially there in the second half was the third downs got shorter, right? Third and one, third and two. How often was it third and eight, third and nine, third and 12 in the first half, right? It just was over and over and over. In those conditions, that was a just a recipe for disaster. So they were moving the football better on first and second down, which they had to do. And I mean, the touchdown throw to St. Brown, Alyssa to go ahead. I mean, back foot planted threw it on time, lofting it over the linebacker, but putting it just enough on it for the safety coming over to not have a chance. I mean, just a great pass in those conditions. And uh, all of a sudden you have the lead and the 49ers are on their heels and the weather's getting worse and forget it. Your defense is playing too well. And, and uh, I think it was Eddie Jackson sealed it with the interception. So, um, I don't care what the PFF grades. And I, I could give two poops about what Mike Martz, right? Yeah. Mike Martz had a, negative things to say about fields, probably about the first half. But the dude made plays down the stretch. It wasn't all improv. It was within the offense. And the Bears beat a team in week one that they were supposed to lose to. So how could you not be happy about that, right? If you're if you're not happy about that, then you kind of suck. You know, <laughs> like you're Mike Martz. Like, let's be <laughs> honest. Like, it was, it was good stuff.
2: Yeah, definitely. Especially against that 49ers defense. It's not like they're playing the Lions whose defense gave up, what, 38 to Philly? I mean, like, you're not playing that kind of defense. You're playing one of the, probably, in my opinion right now, I mean, probably behind the Bills, like, one of the best defenses in the league right now. So, I mean, the fact that, obviously, the first half, they looked like a team that was overwhelmed. But then they were able to, with adjustments to really and wearing them down, too, because, obviously, like, talking about those drives, right, feels like them on three consecutive unanswered touchdown drives. They were also able, it goes back to the Hits principle, the 49ers were making mistakes. The Bears were taking advantage of some penalties, especially on third down, to really keep the drive going. And that's that smart in football. Like, I mean, it's just all kind of connecting. And you know, I and mean, again with Fields making the plays, and he outplayed Trey Lance when it counted. Which is like, this you're still in the game. It's a one possession game. Or the even when the 49ers were winning, and Fields was able to make the plays when he needed to, in order to help lead his team back. And That's something that you want to see. This is a year that, you know, no one expects them to make the playoffs. You know, no one expects them to really contend for anything this year. You want to see that progress and development from Justin Fields in year two. And this is the kind of game, granted, it's the first game. And it was in less than favorable weather conditions. (laughs) And the fact that he was able to do what he did is definitely encouraging.
1: Man, I love hearing Alyssa go back to that hits principle. You're in. You're drinking the Kool-Aid. You love this. It's great. You got me, right. You got me. I love it. It's so good. Uh, All right. Before we get to the rivalry uh, and next week's game, (laughs) give me your impressions of the rookies. Uh, This Dominique Robinson, the fifth round defensive end, it was uh, awesome. He was disruptive. He was noticeable. He was amazing. Uh, You know, know, we were all watching Roquan coming back, you know, from his limited participation. And it was like Dominique Robinson all over. All over the field. All over the field, this guy. Um, and I wanted to get your take on Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker as well. What would you think about the rookies?
2: Yeah, the rookies were – that was another one of my big takeaways is just – and I think this is my thought kind of even heading into the season is that the Bears really have the potential. This draft class had the potential to not only obviously make a big impact down the line, but this season. This is such a young roster. You have so many rookies that, are, that saw significant roles in the first game. And, you know, starting with Dominic Robinson, just, I mean, he recorded the first sack for the Barons this season, had a sack and a half. You know, it was actually funny. Uh, he actually revealed that uh, he learned a tendency from Trent Williams that really helped him with one of the sacks. And you see, this is this is a kid that's only been playing this position for two years. And, you know, he's really kind of getting able, or he's, he's able to kind of soak in learning from Robert Quinn, who's on the roster, who's one of the best, right? 18 and a half sacks last year. And you just kind of saw it immediately. And it was, he's someone who's a raw talent who still needs developing. And to see what he was able to do in his NFL debut, knowing that's the case, it, there's a lot of reason to be excited about him moving forward, you know, because we know Robert Quinn's not going to be on the scene much longer. And the Bears pass rush was really impressive too, you know, Al Khadi Muhammad, Travis Gibson, Robinson, really impressive. And obviously, looking at uh, the Bears' top two safeties, Tyler Gordon and Jaquan Briscoe, I mean, these two are going to be special. The entire secondary played phenomenally in this game. And again, I know the weather conditions, and you know Trey Lance struggled in it, and all blah 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 blah. But I mean that secondary, especially Gordon and Brisker, really really good. Brisker coming up that fumble recovery after Jalen Johnson punched it out, a little peanut punch. You know Gordon really he gave up that long forty yard completion, yes, but very solid. And Braxton Jones, I know. He kind of had a rough go of it, and one on one against you know Nick Oso, which he's not going to. But you know he only allowed that one sack, and he kind of really started to kind of get a handle on things, and saw some really encouraging things from him down the line. So, I mean, those rookies. I mean, we haven't even seen Bayless Jones yet. You know, it's Tristan Edner. You know, you know he was getting some looks on special teams, so we haven't really seen him a lot either. So, I mean, this group really has the potential to be a special one.
1: All right, can't wait to see how this all unfolds, especially this week against the Packers. The Bears are big dogs. We'll get into that game and make predictions right after this. All right, here we go, Alyssa. Bears at Packers, a crappy no receiver, can't move the football version of the Packers. At least one weekend, right? Um, That's our opponent. Of course, at a prime time spot, as we alluded to earlier, like it's the rivalry, right? They always find a way to put this on Sunday night football, it seems. Uh, So I'm always looking forward to this one. Of course, the Bears are nine-and-a-half-point underdogs in Lambeau. does not matter what happened in week one. The Packers looked horrible against the Vikings. But if you remember, Alyssa, the Packers laid an all-out stinker at last year's season opportunity. Do you remember that? They got walled by the Saints, uh, I think it was 38-3 in week one of last year. And then they came back and won seven consecutive games. So we should not throw dirt on the Packers just yet. Um, However, their loss to the Vikings was not impressive. The Bears were impressive coming back against the 49ers is nine and a half points too much to give these bears right now. What do you think about that spread?
2: I mean, I'm really not surprised. Uh, Even with the Packers play, they did. This is still the bears going up against the Packers until they prove me wrong, which I really hope that they do. Like I I mentioned earlier that, I mean, that sounds about right. I think what is it? They, Oh my God, they haven't won since 2018. And before that, it was like 2014. Like, I mean, this, the bears, again, the Packers are just their kryptonite. And, this is a gamer. I'm really intrigued to see how Matt Eberflus gets his team ready for this. This is going to be the ultimate litmus test. I mean, unless we have another monsoon coming down Lambeau Field or something, which I don't think that's <laughs> going to happen. I mean, wow, that would be something if it did. Um, I'm really intrigued to kind of see how you know how he gets his team ready for this, how they perform against the Packers because this defense they look good, and it's going to be a real challenge getting after Aaron Rodgers this week, but you know, I was encouraged, you know, watching Rodgers was so frustrated you know, uh, last Sunday. He hates his team. He's just cashing,
1: he's cashing checks. Big checks. He's just cashing checks. Oh man,
2: he looked miserable, which I enjoyed immensely, by the way. The one time I'll root for the Vikings and when they're playing the Packers. So, (laughs) I mean, that was really nice. Uh, You know, hey, and you want to talk about the receiving cords, right? Everyone says that the Bears have the worst. I mean, like, I think it's a toss-up between the Bears and the Packers at this point, but I mean, Rogers, like you said, unfortunately, he does own the Bears. So, I don't know, maybe the Bears should really move to Arlington Heights as soon as possible to get out of Soldier Field (laughs) to reverse that. Um, But, no, this is my way of talking around basically saying I'm not – I don't believe the Bears are going to win this game uh, until they prove otherwise, and I really hope that they do. But I do think that this game will – it won't get away from them. Again, going back to the Hits principle, I really think that – I think that's going to really help them stay competitive in games like this Games where against really good playoff-bound teams or teams that really beat them all the time, I think that they're gonna they're gonna keep it close. But I just think Aaron Rodgers again; he just always finds a way to come out top. So I mean, I don't know, Ryan, and it's it's never good in prime time either. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, I right know. Cool. It's 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 always a tough game, uh, but I just wonder like, is nine and a half too much? Right? The Packers have nothing outside of Rodgers and their running backs on offense. Right? Like Alan Lazard is. Supposed to be their number one receiver, which I roll. Alan Lazard is the number one receiver. He's hurt. He missed week one. Sammy Watkins is cashed. He's their number two guy. And then Randall Cobb, I mean, I think his best days are behind him. I do like their tight end, Rob uh, Big Bob Tanyan. Uh, but he's coming back off a knee injury last year. Rodgers, you know what he's going to do? Is he's going to weasel the play clock down. He's going to shorten the game and just trust that he's got enough to outscore the Bears. But he's not going to try to beat you 40 to 7. I think the under I think 42 and a half I would go under. I think this is going to be a low scoring. I think Rogers is going to be happy to shorten the game run clock. Everything's going to be down to one second on the freaking play clock. He's going to try to find the best option, blah, 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 do the Rogers thing. And maybe the Packers do win, but I think I agree with you. I think it'll be close. I would lean Bears nine and a half. I think that's too many points, uh, but I would go under. I'd go under forty two and F. Now I'm no expert. If you want expert advice, go to the Bet Slipping Podcast. Right. Like, you know, you don't want to see my account. It's not pretty. But I think the under intrigues me here because I don't think the Bears are ready to score a bunch of points. And I don't think this Packers offense is anywhere close to, you know, being in midseason form. I don't think we're going to see them just turn the corner like we did last year. It's a lot easier when you have Devonte Adams, Alyssa, right? Uh not yeah. when Sammy Watkins is your best receiver and then whoever that rook, you know the rookie Christian Watson who just completely dropped a wide open touchdown against the Vikings so oh, uh, give me the under forty two and a half. I think this is going to be a really low scoring ugly game and you know maybe yeah. a monsoon would be appropriate
2: maybe it would you know I think I'll go with you I mean yeah, I think nine and a half is a little too much I think I, I, I see this being a one possession game that the Packers ultimately end up winning and like you said I don't see a lot of points being scored I think that both of these defenses are really good. Uh, I think the Packers are just a little bit better, which is why I think they're going to win. And Aaron Rodgers is going to do, you know, he could even like, you know, play poorly the entire game until like the last drive. And like, that's how the Bears would lose. Like that's just the kind of thing that tends to happen. But I don't, I don't know. We'll see, but I do think this will, I, I'm with you, Ryan. I think I'd take the under end. Yeah. Nine and a half seems a little bit too much. I mean, we never know, but I don't know this it's, it's, I'm gonna go I' call it a gut
1: feeling, but it's the packers so we're talking small bets, like maybe a half yeah. a unit, half a unit. We're not talking yeah. big bets here. this is uh just for fun, just for fun uh you know you know betting on the bears in prime time against the packers never a good idea, okay, but no. again that's that's what we're thinking um Alyssa, it's great to be back on the mic with you. It's been too long. I hope you're well. It's just great to be talking football with you. I'm excited for another year, yes, definitely,
2: I mean. And we have a big week eight uh, or week seven matchup coming up: uh, Bears Patriots.
1: So, you know, I'm picking you know, the Bears. Hey, I pick be the, I'm picking the Bears. Trust me, I'm picking the Bears.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know my <laughs> Patriots.
1: Oh gosh, they look so bad. They, you know, talk about a team that still has Bill Belichick, but no longer looks like a professional organization. That's the Patriots. At least the Bears are looking like a professional organization. Uh, so, yeah. I know
2: very weird how things have kind of flip flop uh, like that. Man. But I mean, I'm really curious to see how much. I mean, as we know, it you know, any given Sunday. And I'm really curious to see how both of those teams really, uh, I guess, kind of develop or, or how things really go over the next seven or uh, next six weeks. So and it's going to be good. It's like you said, really just great to be talking football again. you again. I mean, really, now it feels like the season has started because we didn't get to do week one. So now I really feel like the season is starting. So yeah, yeah, great. we didn't
1: we didn't get the preview week one, right? That's what we should say. Uh, you know, and that's just you know, you wait until you're told to take the green light. And we have bosses that make decisions, and once they give us the green light, we go. So we were waiting for that green light. We got it, and um, again, we're we're excited. And thanks for hanging on this long. Uh, and yeah, and and you'll never hear me say anything bad about Bill Belichick. He's just brought too much joy to my life, uh, Alyssa. But <laughs> he's seventy. He's seventy. He's so old. It's like, come on, Bill. Like. This isn't you can't play football like it's the 1970s anymore. You're gonna have to you know get with the times. Hire an offensive coordinator. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have some yeah, fun. Yeah, with I the Bears mean, it's the- never
2: <laughs> good. Yeah, never good. Yeah, Matt Patricia, call in please. I mean, it's like it's not not a good idea.
1: <laughs> uh, good time to be a Bears fan. They're one to zero, going up against the Packers. A chance to bury the Packers in that division, send them the zero and two next week at Lambeau. Uh, we'll be back next week to break that one down for Alyssa Barbieri. I'm Ryan O'Leary. We'll talk to you soon. Bear down.